welcome to Waypoint's What's the Point podcast. I am Erica Castiglione, the Director of Women's Discipleship here at Waypoint, and I am so happy to be hosting, and I have three of my friends, and I'll let them introduce themselves. Hi, everyone. My name is Lisa Parrott. I uh, work for an international nonprofit. Um, We recently moved to Durham, North Carolina. I've been based overseas in Africa for about 18 years. Most of my adult life, I've uh, lived overseas. And we came to Waypoint because some friends of ours who we met in Nairobi are members of Waypoint. And so they invited us and we never left. Hey y'all, um, this is Rebecca Doris, and I am I do operations at a nonprofit in Durham called the Exchange Family Center, um, and then I also teach a eight-year-old, so <laughs> teaching second grade right now, which has been super fun. Um, and I got connected to Waypoint through um, living in a dwell community in colonial townhomes um, like a few years ago. Um, and everyone went to Waypoint, and I resisted for a while, and then I was like, wow. Waypoint's a really cool church, and I think I'd like to be a part of that, too. So I've been here for a couple years. My name is Mary Claire Derrickson, and I am a child life specialist at UNC Children's Hospital. I work primarily in the PEDS ICU and do um, grief and bereavement work. Um, I started coming to Waypoint three years ago when I moved back to North Carolina after a brief hiatus in Baltimore. And previously had been friends with Amelia Sotolongo and reached out to her and said, where do you go to church? And then here I am. And Mm -hmm. I stuck with it. Great. Well, today we're going to be talking about singleness and the Christian life. Um, We have a lot of young families at Waypoint. We have a lot of families in general, but especially ones with little kids. And we spend a lot of our time talking about families, which is awesome, and praying for families. But um, I would like to put the spotlight today on singleness. So we are going to talk about some of the joys, some of the challenges, um, and some of the uniqueness of being Christian and being single. So I'm really excited about that. But before we go there, as an icebreaker, um, what is your favorite summer treat um, that you get this time of year? Maybe you don't get other times of year, whether it's ice cream, popsicles, watermelon, um, I tend to like baked goods more than I like cold things, but I do, I do like to go get fresh ice cream in the summer. So I'd say ice cream for me. What about you guys? I like ice cream, um, 24, seven, 365 days of the year. So <laughs> that goes for summer as well. Um, but I do love going to like a dairy or somewhere where it's yeah. really fresh, um, in the summertime. I'm going to (laughs) echo what everyone else is saying. Um, I'm also an ice cream person. Um, I have a few recommendations in the area. Broken Spoke Farms has, um, every weekend they have different flavors of soft serve, and it's they just increase their price, so it's like $4 for a soft serve. But lovely, very, like, low-key farm. Um, Also, Eno River Farm has great ice cream, and I think everyone knows about Maple View, but those are my my top places in Durham, so – well, surprisingly, mine is not ice cream. I could go years without having a taste of ice cream. Wow. And perhaps that's because I lived overseas and it was really difficult to get decent ice cream in Africa. But I'm also not a big dairy person. But I love summer fruits. So whether it's strawberries, blueberries, watermelon, blackberries, 
peaches, you know, any of that fresh fruit, which I know we get out of season, but it just tastes better when it's in season. So I'm a summer fruit person. I often bring fruit salad to picnics and our house is full of fruit right now. That's mm-hmm. awesome. I love summer fruit too. If pound cake's also involved, that's good too. But <laughs> I also love summer fruit and I love recommendations. That's one of my favorite things about podcasts. So thanks <laughs> yes. Rebecca for that. All right. To move on about singleness, why did you guys agree to be on a podcast about singleness? Well, maybe I can step in here because I was the most reluctant, perhaps, uh, when Erica approached me. I was like, well, I don't know. I'm not really sure I have anything to say about singleness, and I haven't really reflected on it. I'm not a big reflector. I'm a doer. Um, And so I'm not sure you want me. And she said, well, we're actually trying to get a lot of perspectives. And so I said, well, part of moving to Durham was about um, saying yes to the dress. And so I said yes. And I also just want to think about singleness in a fun way, because I think sometimes it comes with a lot of um, heaviness around it or awkwardness. And people are like, I don't really know what to say, or I'm disappointed. I'm like, it can be fun. It can be fun to be single. It can be fun to be married. So let's just bring some light on it and make it a little bit lighter. Um, I also <laughs> just said yes, because I was asked sometimes I'm like, oh, an opportunity is in front of me. So I should say yes. Um, and I also feel like God has taught me a lot about singleness in the past few years. I think previously it was just kind of like a default that I had fallen into by like not being married or not dating um, a lot. And so it kind of just how it was, how, how it was, I guess, in my life. Um, And I think it's been helpful to um, see what God is doing in that. And so, yeah, I'd love to share a little bit about what's going on in in my single life. So, yeah, I would echo that. Um, I think that there have been many things through life where um, I things just weren't the way I expected, and I just assumed that I would never be 30, almost 31, and single. But the things that I've learned more recently in the last couple of years has really shown me that um, it's such a gift, and I'm so thankful. And, um, you know, God has just really done a lot in my life and shown me a lot. And so I think it's important to share that. That's awesome. I look forward to getting to some of those joys and things that you're thankful about. Um, before we go there, what are some of the challenges of being single? And you can be specific um, to being a woman and being single or being a Christian and being single or just singleness in general. Um, I think one thing that's come up recently for me is um, I just became a homeowner for the first time. Um, and it's at the same time that several of my friends who are married have become homeowners with their spouses. And I think there are just some things that come from being a single woman and making decisions by myself and having to find like other people to do things, which is partially just because I'm not a super handy person (laughs) in general, um, that I've seen like friends who are married not have to, um, I guess like worry about quite so much just because they have, um, a partner in that decision-making process and in the um the day-to-day like maintaining of a house so that was one thing that came to mind yeah decision-making was at the top of my list (laughs) um I think that that 
plays into so many things, like you said. And, um, you know, friends always say, oh, well, we'll help you make decisions, but it's, it's a little different, <laughs> when I, especially when it comes to big things and finances. And, um, yeah, I just don't have somebody else there to bounce the ideas off of. And I'm a questioner and a doubter, so I'm going to doubt myself and my decisions. And so it just uh, adds another layer, I think. Um, something else that has been challenging that in my own life, but also that I've noticed from other people um, who are single is chronic illness or chronic pain or sickness is really challenging when you don't have um, just someone there to help and to um, provide and care. And uh, it can get kind of, um, it can exacerbate things more. I think it can make the illness more prevalent and the pain more severe um, whenever you're doing it alone. So that's something that I've noticed more and more and more, um, just kind of observing other single people in my life too. Yeah, I think the decision making is is a big one. And my situation is slightly unique in that I have a daughter. And so I'm making decisions both for myself and for her as a, as my child, but also kind of um, trying to make decisions for both of us and being a new homeowner as well. I've been through all that. But I also think that there is something um, unique about being single. And I don't want this to be construed the wrong way, but there's this intimacy that I see in marriages, not necessarily a physical intimacy, but just like an intimacy of hearts. And I think it's hard to recreate that with your friends and also with your family because it's a different level of intimacy that God gives us a model of. Um, And sometimes that's hard for me because I have friends that I share different things with, but I feel like I kind of go to one friend group or another friend group to share different parts of my life, but I don't have one that's consistent throughout. And I have some best friends, but it's a little bit hard to describe, but I miss that. and I also miss a father for my daughter, and I'd always hoped that God would bring the right person for her. Mm-hmm. Um, something that's a little, maybe a little more trivial, but it's an excerpt from a wonderful book um, called Seven Myths About Singleness. Um, I encourage everyone to read it. Uh, but in the last chapter, the myth is that singleness is easy. And this, again, uh, this passage that he took from another writer seems very trivial, but I think it speaks to just kind of the day-to-day things that can be hard. Um, The writer Kate Wharton says, when we have to fill in a form and tick a box marked single, when we have to pay for a single room supplement on a vacation, when we're faced with two-for-one supermarket offers, knowing we'll end up throwing away most of it, when we have to... uh, steal ourselves to enter a party alone when we need someone to hold the other piece of furniture we're building when we come home to an empty house and there's no one to tell about the highs and lows of our days at these times and at many others being single can feel like a raw end of the deal none of these particular examples feel like a big deal on its own but life often makes the sum of trivial things and the small details add up and can have a large effect and so you know those are a lot of silly little things but that over and over and over compounded can weigh on you sometimes and can just make it more in your in your face a little bit that you are single, um, which can be hard. Thank you guys so much for sharing those too. Um, and I highly recommend that book too, that Seven Myths of Singleness, and it's by Sam Alberry. We'll put it, we'll try to put it on Realm. But one thing he talks about in the intro, and this is kind of a, a sad thing to think about, but it's reality too, is he says that these states, singleness and marriage are fluid. Not everyone who's single 
will be single in the future. They might get married and not everyone married will be married. And rarely did two spouses pass away at the same time. Other tragedies happen. So it's important for us um, to be learning about marriage and singleness personally. Also, if we're one body, we want to, those who aren't parents still want to know about parenting so we can help others, those of us who aren't married or those of us who aren't in ministry or those of us who aren't single. Like we're all a family, so it's important for us to know what some of those struggles are too. So thank you. Um, So now more the fun part, what are some of the unexpected blessings of the single life? Well, I was the one who said I want to be fun with this topic. (laughs) But I do think I have been able to live an incredibly rich life in terms of making decisions and going places and seeing the world. And I haven't had to negotiate that with somebody else. Now, I do have a daughter, and, you know, we need to keep her in school and um, keep life going. But we've been, you know, to amazing places, you know, from India to Morocco to Alaska and, you know, all these different cultures. Um, We've been able to eat fun food and be on adventures and laugh a lot. And I think anybody can do that. So go and live your full life. But I think it's been nice that I haven't had to negotiate that. And um, even though it's not so fun, I've also been able to be more flexible with my career and just take some opportunities. So a couple of times um, in humanitarian response, just hop on an airplane and show up and be able to care for people in really difficult situations, and that's never been an issue. Um, I've been blessed with a situation that I could do that, and so I feel very thankful for that. Um, Yeah, and I can decide which side of the bed I want to sleep on. I can (laughs) buy any color car, and nobody cares. Um, So there are some really nice blessings. Um, yeah, I was. That was actually one of the things that I was going to share too. Is the travel. I just tend to like hop in my car and go visit people. And a lot of my um, friends who are married and now they're starting to have kids like uh, don't have as much of that luxury. Um, I also really enjoy like my money is my own. Like I get to budget for my own things, and I've I've watched that um, be like a challenge for my friends in marriage. Um, And I don't know, I don't, yeah, it's that, like, I don't have to negotiate with someone about, like, travel, money, um, other things. And then I think the richest part of being single is, like, the roommates and the friends that I've gotten to have, Um, and especially, like, a lot of roommates who are single, and we just, you know, get to go and do things, and I get to um, just have, like, deep, rich friendships with um, a variety of people and um, I'm really, I'm really thankful for all of the people I've gotten to live with during this season. So, yeah. Um, the first word that came to mind was freedom, and that's so you know sounds funny to say freedom, but I mean really, <laughs> you know, you are free to kind of go and do whatever um, feels right, whatever God is calling you to. Um, something that has been an amazing blessing in my life is uh, I have, I come from a a decent sized family and I have a lot of nieces and nephews. Um, And all seven of them, I feel like I have the ability to be really present and to have a really intentional relationship with them. And, um, you know, I know them very well and spend a lot of time with them. And it's built this relationship where uh, I feel like it's a discipleship relationship and it's, 
very much what it would look like um, to maybe mother a child. I'm not sure. I'm not a mother, but um, I love them completely and fully. And I, I'm not tied to a family or someone else that is pulling me away from them. And uh, same goes with my French children. Um, I It's an honor to be called Aunt Mary Claire to a, a lot of children. And um, yeah, just getting to watch my friend's parent has been probably one of my favorite things. And um, to help them in that, knowing I'm not the mother or um, the primary caregiver, but I want to come alongside them, I think has been the richest blessing in my life. Um, I always assumed I would have a lot of children, and I do. They just don't live with me, and I don't pay for them. <laughs> but um, And they didn't come from me. But yeah, but I do feel like I have all these children in my life that I longed for, um, you know, in early adulthood. So what um, advice or encouragement would you give to someone who's struggling with um, having contentment as a single person or someone who might feel like they're just in a waiting pattern right now? Um, I think there's a lot to say and, you know, you're not going to say it perfectly. And this is my experience. So all of us probably could say something different to that person. Um, There was a long time when I was discontent. And I think if I look back, it wasn't even because I really desired marriage. I think it was because it was the expectation. There was so long of when are you getting married and where is your boyfriend and, you know, when are you going to have kids um, that it just became an expectation. And so when it wasn't happening, something was wrong with me, uh, which led to more discontentment and not really seeing what God was doing. And I truly feel like from my experience, being discontent was just bondage, and it just kept me from being able to to see what God was doing. It was like these blinders, and I could only focus on one thing, and it was, you know, to become a wife one day. Um, and so that informed a lot of my decisions, um, you know, even, it sounds so silly, but even down to like what I would wear to church or, you know, the way that I would present myself, I would want to be... Um, make sure that I was, I don't know, that, that someone might desire, you know, to, to be with me one day. Um, and so I couldn't see what God was doing because I was so focused. And then years ago, um, thankfully, he started to just show me more and more and more of the blessing of the life that he gave me and that he's given me and that he continues to give. And I feel like the kind of the shackles and the change just started to break more. And the feeling of freedom that came with recognizing that I was content and that it was okay. And it was actually really good that I was single. And it was, um, there was nothing wrong with me for being single. Uh, the freedom that came with that has been life changing. And I, I want to be very clear to say that that is not going to come for everyone and that there are individuals who might really be struggling with singleness and that is valid and that is okay um and you don't have to make yourself content uh and then you will find a husband oh my gosh I was told that so many times you know like once you stop looking (laughs) then he'll come your way so um that's not necessarily true and I it's a hard thing to provide encouragement and you know, somebody would say, okay, well, Mary Claire, then how did, 
how did you become content? And it was the Holy Spirit, y'all. It was not me. <laughs> it was just all Jesus because, uh, again, I was so self-focused and just had my blinders on and the gift that it's been to have them removed. So I relate to so much of what you just said. <laughs> um, so thank you for sharing that. Um, yeah, I one of the things that I wrote down is just prayer um, because I think it sometimes depends on the day whether I'm <laughs> – content mm-hmm. or not. Um, and so much of my, I guess, growth and um, like learning process had ju- has just been like turning that over to the Lord and asking him to like help me see singleness as a gift. Um, because I think, I don't know, you can hear that all you want, or you may not hear that. Um, and if you have not, <laughs> singleness as a gift. <laughs> there you go. Um, but <laughs> um, I just, I think so much of like what God has to teach us has to come from the Holy Spirit changing our hearts um, and letting us see that. Um, and I also think something that helped me is setting goals mm-hmm. and things that I want to do. There are certain things that I set as goals um, kind of as like a, well, I want to do these things like before I get married. Mm-hmm. And I think now I see those more as like, these are just things that I want to do in my life. And whether I get married or remain single, these are important and um, and worthy of pursuing. And so I think, yeah, whether you're single or <laughs> in a relationship, I think it's really healthy to think through like, God, what do you have for me in my life? Mm-hmm. And what are some good goals that I could set and pursue and um, chase after. Um, cause yeah, I think again with what Mary Claire was saying, I think I spent so much time discontent or feeling like there was something wrong with me that you just end up in this spiral of, this is not a word, but stuckness. <laughs> you're just stuck and, um, feel like you're waiting for, um, someone to come along and, uh, like what a waste of time, young yeah. Rebecca. <laughs> um, so Yeah. That's what I have to say. Yeah, I think we can all get stuck. And I've definitely been in those stuck times. And I think that then people try to come around and encourage you and then say things that make you think like you're even worse. And you're like, (laughs) you know, like they're trying to get you out of it. And yet then you're like, oh, yeah, I'm not very intellectually interesting or I'm not very active. I don't have very many activities or whatever. But no, I have been in those times where I feel like I'm, yeah, just waiting. And I think those are okay seasons. We're always waiting for different parts of our life, you know, waiting to pay off our school loans or, you know, waiting for school to be out or school to start or whatever. Um, but for me, it's been, yeah, a lot of just leaning into the things that give me life and really being fully present for those. It was helpful for me to hear um, actually a sermon at one point where they looked at, you know, how, how do we create idols in our lives? And I think at one point I sort of idolized marriage and I just kept focusing back to that. Like I would be really happy if that happened. And realizing that that was an idol in at that season and the way I was looking at it and letting go of that and starting to look at the fullness of my life and the athletic things I was doing. I ran marathons and did triathlons. And um, now my, my daughter will tease me, you know, mom, you're addicted to gardening, but I just love, <laughs> you know, planting flowers and making my garden beautiful and growing vegetables. Um, but yeah, just really pursuing the things that God has for the fullness of our life. I also think that 
you know, my daughter coming into my life, um, when she was adopted, I was at a place where I was really hoping to date and I had started, you know, meeting some people and wanted to, um, yeah, have a a long-term relationship. And earlier in my life, I had been way too busy for that. I had lots going on with my career and travel. And I was here at this point where I wanted to get married. And then my daughter sort of surprised me and came into my life. And I was really busy with her for the first five, six years of her life. And I think God gives us other things to pour into. So if you're at a a season where it feels difficult, whether you're married or single, um, just look at the other things that God is opening up to you as places where you can be full of yourself and and maybe distract yourself as well as have fun. (laughs) Yeah, I think all of that's so, so helpful. I was talking to another single woman the other day and she were talking about that I was going to do this podcast. And she said, I would tell people, go ahead and like go on the mission trip. Don't say like, I need to have a husband before I go live in this you know, country or another said, go buy the China. If you want China, don't like wait until you have to register, you know, I'm going to wait for a wedding registry or whatever, you know? And I mean, Lisa, you're like, go ahead and adopt the, <laughs> the child of God has, has put that in your path or fostering or caring for children. I think there's things that so often we, um, maybe limit ourselves that maybe limitations that God hasn't put there. So I think that's really helpful. And, um, yeah, as you guys were talking to, I was thinking back to like when I was single before I was married and how you could make an idol out of things and, you know, I have an awesome husband, but it didn't solve all my problems to get married, you know, and neither did having kids or neither did whatever the next thing is that you think will be the thing, you know, Mm -hmm. unless we're like, seeking contentment in Christ. And thankfully, he's very, very gracious with us. Like you were saying, Mary Claire, it's the Holy Spirit working in us. So thank you guys for sharing that. Um, How do you think we as a church can do a better job of celebrating the single life? That's one question. And maybe you can be specific here. I'm giving you the invitation. What are some Mm -hmm. things that people have said that are maybe unhelpful (laughs) as a single person? and, you know, raise awareness here. And maybe what are some things that people have said or done that have been helpful? So help us out. Well, I think with anything that where you see a majority or a minority, one of our goals is like, how can we normalize the situation? So if we think of, you know, if most of the church is married and a smaller percentage is single, or even if it's kind of a 50-50, how do we just kind of create an atmosphere where it doesn't really matter? Um, to be loving and respectful for where people are and what their struggles are with their individual life. But I think I appreciate it when people are like, yeah, hey, come to the picnic, whether you have kids or not, you know, or, um, you know, we're doing this great activity. You, You don't, it's a family activity, but you don't have to have a family to come or, you know, just normalizing that we are all people. We're all out there trying to figure it out. What does it mean to be a Christian in 2022? And, um, I really have appreciated when the church is just like, come as you are. And, you know, you pointed out, Erica, there are going to be elderly people in our church that are single too and really brokenhearted over it or or maybe bitter because it was a, a difficult marriage or um, – Uh, people find themselves in all different places. So the more we can bring people together as people and just love one another, that just helps me so much. Yeah, and I I was thinking about this question, and sometimes I have felt like I was discontent or 
um, when I've struggled with singleness, I think I've also found myself pitying people who are single. Mm -hmm. And I think I reflect that back on myself as well. Mm -hmm. Um, And so sometimes I think in conversations about singleness that I've had with other believers, I feel that like pity. Um, And sometimes that comes out in like people every time we're talking about it they're like trying to set me up with people, which I'm not opposed to being set up or anything, but the qualification should be more than he is single and I am single. (laughs) Um, So I was just throwing that out there. (laughs) When, when people have brought men up before, I'm just like, okay, well, why do you think? (laughs) Cause if he's single and Christian, I'm single and Christian, like, I don't know. I would like there to be a little more to it than that. Um, But yeah, I think there is like some of that with, pity and I liked what you said about like the majority or minority type of thing like in the last few weddings I've been in I've been the only single bridesmaid whether that's the other bridesmaids are in like serious relationships like dating relationships or engaged or married um and it does turn into this like oh is there a single guy at this wedding that we can set Rebecca up with and I'm like whoa like I just want to enjoy the wedding too and have fun and I don't want to be looking over my shoulder for whatever random person you might throw at me um and then this was touched on earlier but I think one of the phrases or like ideas that um, has been most unhelpful is um, that, I don't know, people will say like, oh, God gives you the desi- desire of your heart. And so if you like really desire marriage, then like God will give you marriage. Sorry, that's just not true. And <laughs> I think hearing that from people who are married, like, I'm so happy. I'm so like, I'm thrilled when my friends get engaged and like find that person and they get married. I'm so happy for them. But that doesn't mean that because I desire marriage or because someone else desires marriage, that God will necessarily give that to them. Um, and that doesn't mean God's not good. <laughs> I think that's where that like idea comes from. Um, but God is still good, even if I desire marriage and he doesn't give it. Um, and so, yeah, so I think that idea, then something Mary Claire said earlier was similar. I can't remember the, the question or the comment that had been made, but all that to say, um, I think what is helpful is I know a lot of Waypoint families who have done such a sweet job of including me and other singles in their daily life and on vacations with them and other things like that that really make me feel like I have a family in Durham, even if I may not have family in Durham. I do actually have a brother in Durham, so (laughs) I have kind of family, but um, yeah. Yeah, I... um I am thinking more global church because I I think Waypoint does this really well. So I'm not speaking necessarily to uh, Waypoint needs to better themselves um, because I um, have been a part of multiple churches. And I would say that I don't feel different at Waypoint um, because I'm single. Whereas at other churches, uh, I knew I was single. That was made known. And um, so I appreciate that and how that's you know, actually practically played out. I don't really know. I guess it's just um, the atmosphere that Waypoint is. But um, some of my friends have done this beautifully of just uh, integrating me into their life. And it's not because they have pity on me, which (laughs) is very common, like Rebecca was sharing. Um, But, you know, I have a house key and I'm always welcome. And the way that they describe me to their friends or their family or their kids is that I'm family and 
um, you know, you can live here and, and, you know, just different things like that, that it's just, there's no question in their mind and, uh, there's a confidence in what they're saying. And I think that there's not this like, well, let me check with my husband to see if he's okay with you coming over. Or I don't really know if we could see you this week or next week, but maybe in like a few weeks, you know, there's not that feeling of I'm a burden or, um, I need to be scheduled in, but just, I'm a part of your life and you want me there. Uh, and, um, as far as just some things that have not been helpful, um, the, the when statements, you know, when you get married, when you have children, you'll understand this or, um, all of this will make sense. Or I know that you can't relate to this, but when, when you get there, you will. And, um, I wish that we would stop saying when, uh, because we just don't know. And, um, yeah, I think earlier we, we mentioned, you know, if you stop looking, God will provide. He will send That's someone to you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, when you're looking, you know, he won't. But if you stop just looking around, he's going he's gonna to show up at your door. Um, and guess what? It didn't work that way. So <laughs> um, at my brother's rehearsal dinner, my younger brother's rehearsal dinner for his wedding, the question to me was, well, where's your boyfriend? And I didn't even, I wasn't even thinking about it. I didn't know what to say. And, you know, this is at my younger brother's wedding. Um, And it was said in such a way that was, what's wrong with you? Why didn't, where's your boyfriend here? All your siblings are married now. Um, And then there's just uh, a notion every now and then where because I don't have a family, I'm always available and I'm always free and I'm always going to be there to be helpful or to babysit or, um, and I would say like, you know, my friends in Durham do a beautiful job of not making me feel that way. But in the past, you know, things have been said like, Oh, well, I love when my single friends come over cause they're the most helpful people to have over and they have the most freedom to help me. And, um, yeah, sometimes I don't feel like I have uh, availability or freedom cause I'm tired after work or I just don't want to go take care of a bunch of children um, whenever I've cared for sick kids all day. So, yeah, I think it's just kind of the intention behind what you're saying. I guess just think through that. And if you if it is not for your own personal gain, in other words, you're not going to uh, receive from that person uh, some extra care or help where um yeah, availability, then probably have good intentions. But otherwise, maybe just think through that a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I I was thinking, sorry, I kind of word vomited earlier. Yeah, <laughs> oh, bringing it back. Um, I think one of the other things that um, just came to mind is I every single person that I know has a different experience with singleness yeah. and a different like level of desire for marriage or like all of those things. And so feel free to just ask like in a in a like genuinely caring way like I think that would be great if people would just like ask because I feel like usually when it's brought up it's like in regards to oh are you interested in dating right now or it's always about like a dating relationship rather than like oh like how are you feeling with singleness right Mm now um and so practical ways like yeah you know, ask me how I'm asking how I'm processing singleness at the moment if I am, or I might say I've had people ask me before. I'm like, well, I haven't really thought about it in a while. (laughs) Um, so yeah, I think it's okay to ask how someone's doing. Um, no, you're good. 
uh, one more thing that I, um, it sounds very funny, but um, one thing that's been a blessing in my life is being around families, um, especially my friends that uh, have um, maybe a husband or a wife and children. Um, and they are just themselves around me. In other words, I've seen arguments and, um, you know, I've seen little scuffles in the house and um, seen them come back together and apologize. And, you know, uh, that is real life. And if you hide that from me, then I don't feel like I'm really a part of your family. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, a, a friend that I'm the, my friends that I'm the closest with, I would say, who I think have loved me just so beautifully well as a single person I've seen way more arguments from them than anybody else in my life you know but it's it's this level of like I feel so comfortable in their home and they're just willing to whatever you know she's gonna hear it too because she's here and um I think that that's kind of freeing in a way um and then another thing is uh I, I want my friends to know that you can share about your hardships in your marriage and in your parenting with me um I might not have advice but I want to know those things. And it's really sad whenever um, people are struggling and I don't know it because I'm not married. So they're not going to tell me about that because I wouldn't understand. Or um, I don't have children, so I wouldn't understand. So therefore, I don't get to hear about you know these really intense struggles that they're having or even just the day-to-day things that are hard. Um, and I, I want to know those things and I care about you enough to to know every part of you. And so just like, you know, you know, every part of me, I I want to know that about you. So just being real about, you know, what life is like. And if your house is not clean, then that is normal and okay. Mm -hmm. And I'm willing to enter into the mess. (laughs) So um, yeah, don't have an Instagram household for me. Um, Just be real. Love that. Thank you guys. Um, Yeah, I think one thing I hear you saying too, just like, no two marriages are alike. There's no two single lives that are alike. And mm-hmm. it's a journey and at different seasons, you might feel differently. And sometimes it might be the forefront of your mind. Sometimes you're going about your life and you're not even thinking about it, you know, but, um, but realize that. And of course, we're all going to say the wrong thing sometimes mm-hmm. about every Everything, situation. Yes. We know that. And that's hope that, you know, we mm-hmm. all extend grace to one another. Mm-hmm. But I think it is good to, to be aware of, of some of these things and to be truly curious and seek understanding. So this was really helpful. Um, so the last thing I was just going to say, um, just open it up if there's anything that you didn't get a chance to say that's come to mind that you want to share. And then um, specifically um, for Waypoint Church, is there a way that we can incorporate or celebrate singleness more? Mm-hmm. Thanks, Erica. And I love that this is coming from the women's ministry, although I know they're single men too. So um, one of the things that's been helpful for me, I think for years I shied away from women's ministry because it was all about the married women. <laughs> and then they would have a singles ministry. And I was yeah. like, well, I'm, I'm kind of a little both. But um, And I think Waypoint has made our women's ministry really welcoming. And so anyone who's listening or is part of it will know that you know we can praise together, we can eat together, we can do all things wherever we are in our life. And whether you're dating, married, divorced, 
as, you know, charting um, singleness or or committed to singleness because it's it's what God has put on your heart. So thank you. I really appreciate the women's ministry. And so I think that's great. One thing I was going to say that's kind of funny, but a person who's very near and dear to my heart and who I love, you know, one of my closest friends once said, well, you just missed your chance. You should have done it when you were young. And, you know, being in my 50s now, I'll be honest, I'm a little bit older. I don't think we've ever missed our chance for God's calling in our life. And He will make a way for whatever He wants in our life. And He's using us wherever we are and what we're doing. Um, Part of hearing that and holding that hurt and also some shame during periods of my life, like I'm not good enough, you know, um, has been learning to extend grace and forgive. And, you know, this person is still somebody I love and she has a wonderful marriage and I have a wonderful single life. So we're fine. But just it's never too late. God will use you in whatever stage you are in your life. And, you know, we just move forward. We take each day as it comes. My daughter always says everything is figure outable. So we will figure it out. <laughs> Um, so I, as far as a practical way, um, well, one of my friends and I have this campaign where we want to normalize meal trains for single people because meal trains are, right? Yeah. I've had that thought before. Oh. Right. Okay. So if you, you know, have a child or I don't know, it just, it seems to happen a lot for people that are married and yeah. you have someone else in the house that can cook for you or can pick up the food. So... Anyways, I don't know how we do that, but um, normalize meal trains for single people. And that's all I'm going to say. But uh, I would really just encourage anyone in the church, but especially if you are walking through singleness, especially if you are struggling in singleness, um, to be involved in a community group. Um, There has been, you know, so many blessings that has come from being in a really intentional community for me. Uh, and I think, you know, we've, we've spoken to what Waypoint does really well. And so I, I think that um, my hope is that you would feel welcome and loved and cared for uh, in a community group. And I experienced that this year, actually more recently, very tangibly. Um, and, you know, I, I, I work a pretty hard job and I see a lot of uh, death in children and um, it was a season of just a high number of, of death in our unit, and um, I joined a small group that I had not been a part of before. I was familiar with some people, but not friends with anyone in the group. And um, this was back in August, and then in the fall was just a really hard time at work. And they were incredibly kind and intentional. And you know, people that I, again, I didn't really know would reach out to me and say, Hey, how many deaths did you have this week? And just really caring about me coming home from work and being sad or or whatever it was. Um, and then more recently I, uh, suffered from, uh, PTSD attack and, um, my friends from my community group who are all married and with children, um, multiple children, (laughs) um, Mm -hmm were the ones that were there and uh, physically there, um, there in prayer, um, their resources, their time, their energy. Um, you know, there was a care team that they made for me. There was a schedule of people, again, all who have their own families who gave up time to be present with me. Um, and I've been out of work for many weeks, um, just recovering and getting ready to go back. And they have been, um, you know, my, my stability and they've been my, my people. And 
Um, so have their children. You know, their children have provided a joy and a love during a really, really hard season of my life that, um, you know, if I didn't have them, if I didn't have these relationships, then I'd, I don't know what would have happened in the last couple months. Um, and so I just, I encourage being a part of a community and being really invested and intentional to show up and to care for those people because you will receive care in return. And um, yeah, I think back to a year ago, I didn't have any of them in my life. And I uh, don't know what that what this time would have looked like without them. And I'm just, yeah, I'm just so grateful for the way that they loved me, even in my singleness living alone and they showed up and they slept over with me and you know they were they were really really present awesome all right well thank you guys so much i hope this is the beginning of a conversation for others too so um feel free to seek us out if you have uh, questions or want to talk and uh thank you so much for listening see you later bye, bye. <laughs>